Hello, welcome to Santa Fe College. My name is Vilma Fuentes, and this is our podcast on developing global citizens. We are joined today by Sith Waters, uh, one of our baccalaureate students in information systems technology, Natalia Prior, a recent graduate uh, who is now attending the University of West Florida, and Doug Jones, Assistant Vice President for Economic Development. We are here today to talk about um, our experiences on a recent grant-funded project that Santa Fe College received during the 2018-2019 academic year. It's a project funded by the United States Embassy in Kiev, Ukraine, titled Promoting Inclusive Education Through Youth Leadership. It was um, a rather unique program that allowed our students, faculty, and administrators to interact with their peers at, uh, in uh, colleges and universities in a city called Poltava in uh, central Ukraine. So, promoting inclusive education through youth leadership. Sith, Natalia, please uh, tell me about the project and its activities. Uh, when and how did you become involved in it? What did you do? Um, so I guess as far as becoming involved in the program, uh, it started out as just a reach out and a potential that this might happen. And so it was first um, exploring the original ideas, I remember, of the project. I remember uh, you going through the process of writing the grant and everything before we even stepped foot in uh, Ukraine and before we sat down and had our first real meeting about what we're going to be doing. As far as the program itself, it's youth leadership uh, and inclusive education. Um, the majority of what we were trying to do is we were actually developing um, a program essentially to take and teach to high school students uh, in the Poltava region in Ukraine. This project was amazing in its just in, in unique and amazing in its own way. Um, however, it was even more special to me just because I'm from Ukraine and I've seen different problems that has U Ukraine has. Um, especially in uh, inclusive education, which is, we didn't have it. It's quite new in, in Ukraine. So it was um, amazing for me, opportunity to get involved in this project. So the project officially started in September of 2018, um, and most of the grant activities started took place in the fall and spring. Um, Doug, what about you? Can you please... Describe for us what you did as part of this project. How did you become involved in it? Sure, uh, I was really excited to be invited to be a part of the of the project because I had previously been in Ukraine on a separate project and had developed a, a great appreciation for the Ukrainian people and the culture and had had the opportunity to see a little bit firsthand some of the challenges that that Natalia mentioned in terms of inclusive education. So both in terms of my experience with, with Ukraine and my personal experience as a person with a disability and, and my impressions of inclusive education in the United States and how far behind they were in Ukraine, it was a wonderful opportunity to be a part of something very meaningful. So for those in the audience who may not know you and know anything about your particular story, Tell us a little bit more about that. You just said, you know, you have a disability. So what in particular do you have, and how do you think that connected to this project? Well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a paraplegic. I had a spinal cord injury uh, in high school uh, before 1990 when ADA arrived in the United States. So I've experienced uh, the uh, a culture's, um, the, the long process it takes uh, to, to, for a culture to, to change and embrace persons with disabilities at a higher level. Um, I've been through that here in the United States, 
and they're on the very front end of that in Ukraine. So We're here to talk about the project with Ukraine, but I think it's important to contextualize, certainly from your personal experience, and then we'll explore that of all of us here. But um, so ADA, so the Americans with Disabilities Act, so you acquired your disability before that was passed. How, how did that piece of federal legislation change um, your way of kind of interacting with mm -hmm. the world around you or, or in your society? And how did you just mention that you saw a cultural shift? So talk to us about that. The culture, what did the law mandate? Mm -hmm. And then what, what cultural shift did you observe? Okay, well, in, in the most general terms, you know, the uh, ADA was, you know, was legislation intended to require, you know, that, that um, organizations, especially those that are governmentally funded, um, uh, pay attention to the sp uh, special needs of persons with disabilities so that they can be more fairly and, and more equally included in, in society, whether that was in education or, or other activities. So that process, because, you, you know, uh, changing a culture is, um, is a very long process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's t over the 40, nearly, well, 30 years now, that uh, ADA has mm -hmm. existed, uh, you you know you see a transition here in the United States, and and the uh, situation in Ukraine for me was reminiscent of of really in the 70s in the United States in terms of of there just not being necessarily any malicious intent, but just an absence of comprehension of of the value to society uh, that that is is gained when when you make a society more inclusive for for all people whether it's disability or ethnicity or or other separating types of dynamics natalia you mentioned that you're originally from ukraine so um how many years did you live in ukraine and what brought you to the united states so i lived in ukraine for 16 years i was born and uh, raised there i was adopted by american family therefore i moved here one of them that I agree with the dog is um, that Ukraine is far behind on inclusive education. In, in I want to say this, the first time I interacted with a, perso a person with disabilities, it was actually a dog. I didn't see them just because in Ukraine they have special schools for them. Uh, after sc like school, like um, middle school, high school, there's no colleges build uh, for people with disabilities. Therefore, most of the time after school, uh, they graduate high school, they stay at home. Uh, people don't see them. A lot of times they would just hide. It's not, um, it's not beautiful uh, in a way that I don't like it because um, everybody is unique and everybody has their own differences. Um, I think they should embrace them. Um, therefore, when I saw dog, I had, I was a little bit uncomfortable at first because mm -hmm. I don't know how to act. Okay. But uh, he showed off with his skills on this <laughs> little wheelchair. I was surprised with this. Um, so it was not a surprise to me to see that in Ukraine that we didn't have the uh, accessibilities as in the United States. Uh, however, in one of the schools that we went, uh, they said they have a boy in a wheelchair. We didn't see him. However, they said all of his classes are located on the first floor. That's actually shocked me because in my life, I haven't seen an Ukrainian person in a wheelchair before. So um, it may be good to say a little bit something about, so why Santa Fe and why Ukraine? 
Um, so let me see if I can maybe broach that topic. Um, Santa Fe College has been privileged to have the opportunity to administer um, two additional uh, grants on behalf of the U.S. Department of State that have allowed our administrators, faculty, students to interact with higher education officials from that country. Um, and, and one of the things that became clear after the first delegation came is that Ukraine is not inclusive. Certainly their educational system is not. And I do distinctly remember receiving a representative from Ukraine's Ministry of Education and Science back in the spring of 2016, who first met Doug and said, wow, people like that in my country, they often don't leave the house. We don't see them. And then they saw Doug, who their first impression was, you drive a car? What? <laughs> and then you start, uh, they start seeing how active you are in so many things. Uh, and again, Doug, for some people who don't know you, what, 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 uh, from your perspective, what are some of the things that you think seem to have impressed either Ukrainians or other foreign delegations that we've hosted here? Yeah, I, I think the uh, realization that much of things that create obstacles for, for persons with disabilities, or at least physical disabilities, are, un, are unnecessary. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a, a wall, a 10-foot wall with a, with a door in it, you know, can have a 36-inch door just as easily as a 30-inch door. Um, curbs and steps and you know so uh, as more and more persons with disabilities uh, involve themselves in society and and hopefully like the the young man that that Natalia mentioned at the one school we attended um, it draws people's attention to those types of things and and um, again it's a long process because physical barriers uh, you know there's uh, and especially in Ukraine you know the the you know they've existed so much longer than the United States in terms of having uh, a, a culture that has buildings and and churches and and institutions that there's so many old old buildings right. uh, that that you know were built honestly at a time when people who who acquired disabilities probably didn't survive right. whatever it was that caused the disability. Right. Um, so in some ways, it's a it's a greater challenge in places like that because there's. I don't want to say more to be undone, but there's more to be retrofitted, and there's more ballast to the to the existing culture. But um, in Ukraine, as here in the United States, we have improvements in medicine. You know, people that suffer what used to be, you know, um, fatal injuries are now able to survive, are able to have prosthetics uh, or some other kind of assisted living um, things that allow them to become active members of society, so one would hope that then society is ready to receive them. Um, let me turn for a second to Sith. So Sith, um, as you know, this project wasn't simply about physical um, disabilities and how to create the edu an educational system and a society that's more inclusive. We also explored the idea of other types of disabilities. Um, can you tell us about that? What was your recollection? So what, what were some of the other types of um, disabilities that we discussed as part of this program? <coughs> All right, so uh, a few of the disabilities that we also touched on uh, were things like um, ADHD, um, uh, people who are in, on the autism spectrum, uh, people with learning disabilities like dyslexia, things like that. All of the disabilities that aren't as visible, that a lot of people forget about, and a lot of times the first thing that's, that's done in, as far as the culture shift and uh, caring for people with disabilities are the physical ones the ones that everybody can see because those are the easiest to deal with. 
So a lot of what I talked about were people with um, learning disabilities uh, because my younger brother actually is on the autism spectrum. And so it was just a bit more personal for me. And so let's go back to the activity. So I, I began by asking you to please describe the activity. So the project started in uh, September of 2018. What did we do in, or what did you do in September, October, uh, as we started off the 2018-2019 the academic year? We had um, Skype sessions. Each, each Skype session um, was occur every week. And it, we had a theme uh, for each week, and it was different things. Like um, besides inclusive education, we also uh, talk uh, how to prevent bullying and different aspects and uh, of bullying. Um, so we would discuss every week. We would try to find something in common, but also in difference, and how to make something better. Uh, not saying that uh, United States is the perfect, but most definitely far developed than Ukraine, and try to share our uh, experience here with Ukraine and Ukraine with Ukrainian students, uh, Poltava University students would share their experience, their uh, views on life and different things that we discussed. Uh, it was throughout the year. Also, we went to um, Ukraine, where we visited high schools. So if I could, I'm sorry to interrupt. So uh, so before, let's talk a little bit about what we did before we got to the high school. So we had these weekly Skype sessions. And um, Sith, you were also, you attended every single one of those sessions. What was your impression of them? What, what did you hear from other Santa Fe students who were in the room and participating in these events? What did you hear like before or after them? Uh, so I want to say in the beginning, the Skype sessions uh, were a little shaky because everyone was nervous just seeing people on the other side of the world and trying to get used to uh, communicating through the Skype sessions. And how did you communicate? What language? Uh, <laughs> mostly in English. Okay. Um, we did actually have, because of Natasha on our side, we had someone to translate Ukrainian back to us. But for the most part, our conversations were in English. And I want to say the majority of their students don't speak English fully. Uh, while most of them understand some English. So it's an experience trying to communicate. As far as the actual topics that we discussed, we discussed I, I honestly a little bit of everything from um, people with disabilities. Um, we t discussed uh, different ways of learning. We also discussed a little bit of politics because a lot of education ends up dealing with politics also. The um, perception from the Santa Fe students is that one, they were just surprised to see something like that happening on their campus. Um, and two, uh, most of them really enjoyed the experience. This is, um, for some of them, this was their first chance talking to somebody that's outside the country from a completely different perspective. So it was um, really unique. I know we had a couple repeat people to, every, er, to a lot of the sessions just to come back, just to see the students again. Um. Do, so before we get to what happened in Ukraine, uh, so this project focused on inclusive education and, of course, youth leadership. Uh, what did you know about inclusive education before you got involved in this? It, did it help you learn more about what it is and what we do in the U.S.? So if it's um, on the topic of inclusive education, in the United States, I, I actually had never heard it called inclusive education uh, just because it's the way I got used to school mm -hmm. is everybody was integrated. Uh, people with disabilities, uh, whether physical or um, psychological, had different resources available to them already. And I wasn't aware that it was called inclusive education. 
So when I first heard about it, I was like, what is this? What am I getting into? <laughs> and you? Um, well, I saw it was inclusive in all of it since I came back from Ukraine. So to me, it was inclusive. And uh, however, I did not know the exact definition until you explain more deeply, uh, especially like a mission or s of Sanafe or something we have on the website where it describes um, inclusive education, basically. So our equal opportunity statement is fundamentally our statement and our belief and support of um, inclusive education. And in Ukraine, this is a particularly hot topic because uh, legislation is now being introduced uh, to mandate inclusive education throughout their educational system. And the concept is completely new and the practices are new. So I think our, our interactions with the Ukrainians were really valuable. Um, so youth leadership, did this help you develop your youth leadership and or that of some of your peers here at Santa Fe? And if so, how? Oh, most definitely. Uh, when we went to Ukraine, we had uh, we taught um, to the students different things, how to accept everybody. Uh, so it was a great experience to be a teacher in front of the students of your age, similar to your age. Therefore, when we came back, I felt a lot more confident in myself that I know that I can explain and probably change somebody's life. Um, <coughs> forgive me, can you repeat the question? Oh, uh, youth leadership, talk about that. How do you think this project helped American students and Ukrainian students develop their youth leadership skills? So I think that'd be an interesting impact to see. Uh, I know for sure that it was developed. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about the first school that we went to in Ukraine. Okay. Uh, after we did our... So this is... A, I'm sorry. So I had interrupted you before. Yeah. So this is... So in November of 2018, you, together with three other Santa Fe students, were able to represent our institution and visit uh, Poltava. Mm -hmm. And you visited how many high schools? Six. It was six. It was two a day for three days. And was it just the Americans, or were you there? So it... Um, it was the group of us from Santa Fe, as well as our direct partners with uh, Poltava National Technical Institute. And so they were there interpreting for us and also uh, assisted in developing the material that we were teaching about. Um, but briefly on the first school we went to, as far as the impact of leadership, uh, we went to these schools that we discussed, um, uh, inclusive education, uh, youth leadership, people with disabilities, and almost immediately after, the students were already, uh, we'll say, up in arms trying to modify their school so that everybody was able to accommodate. They were measuring the width of doors, me trying to figure out what it would take to take somebody like Doug with a wheelchair up the stairs and everything. And so. Um, so, Doug, in that high school, from <laughs> how did you feel entering some of these Ukrainian high schools? Um, <laughs> What, what did you sense from the students and the administrators and faculty there? Yeah, an interesting combination of, of caution, all right, what do we, you know, what shall we do, um, and enthusiasm. You know, I think they had the benefit of knowing that, that I was warned on what to expect at the high schools, um, and, and I think we had a great effort on their part to make it as accessible as, as could be. Um, but I think it also was eye-opening for them in terms of uh, not just uh, g getting to a second-floor classroom and the, the process of, of getting my chair upstairs, but even is there a restroom in the entire facility that could be used by a person that's a wheelchair user. So, so I, I always enjoy those opportunities, even still in the United States, mm -hmm. because 
I think it just makes people aware on a very real level mm-hmm. of something that that maybe they generally know, yeah, it might be difficult for someone in a chair, but then when they see the specific implications, it makes it a little more real. I want to add something on leadership. Um, as uh, you guys said, they were really enthusiastic, and what's show us that we uh, changed their life, it's they not saying like, yes, it is hard, it's cost money, but they try to si- find like easy, simple, uh, changes that can be changed for now for a little bit of time before they can raise some money. Uh, so I think that was a great example of leadership um, of the students. You know, and I think that dynamic even in the United States is interesting now because, uh, you know, legislation requires, uh, you know, people are limited from making even some modifications to, to structures um, if they don't make it fully accessible. And, and that works perhaps here in the United States where we have more resources. But I think maybe the approach there is going to be not letting perfection be the enemy of progress. I think they are working towards doing what they can do, even if it doesn't meet what we would call in the United States uh, legal standards for accessibility. And to me, that's a great first step in their culture. And if I could, so you started off, Doug, explaining that in the United States you were able to see um, the cultural changes that ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act, uh, helped uh, stimulate. I mean, is it enough to just pass a law mandating change? Or do you need the cultural shift? And, and if so, what kind of cultural shift do you need? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, clearly, um, you know, the, the bottom line is the cultural change. And, and so the activities that we do and the educational things we do, you know, are the beginning points for, for changing culture. And, you know, I think it was Peter Drucker that said, uh, you know, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And, you know, then that doesn't mean you don't have a strategy, but it does mean that you realize that all of these are components that add to the process of changing a cultural expectation. Great, thank you. So, Natalia and Seth, do do you think that the activities that we undertook, either through our Skype sessions or live in the in the visits in November to the high schools and the colleges and universities here do you think they helped uh, begin to change the culture in among youth in Ukraine and maybe create the next uh, future leaders of the country and if so I mean I feel free to say no it was a flop it's okay <laughs> um, as a person who grew up there I don't remember seeing lots of smiles with the teeth showing I know it sounds crazy um, <laughs> in Ukraine people tend to smile just regular smile without teeth and when I went back and we were meeting with new students um, the high school students they were all enthusiastic and so get change and like they first of all Ukraine trying to get into UA um, European, European Union. Union, yes, and uh, therefore they're like enthusiastic and they're like, oh, we can do this, we can change, we can start like from this, this, and this. So I think this project was the best bridge for them to show that like, they can step and get closer to their dream to be a part of the uh, European Union, which is, I think we did a great progress by doing this. Great. I would actually, I uh, would agree with that. I would say that while we were in Ukraine, the general atmosphere is one of change and one that was gonna come. Uh, a lot of the, uh, well actually just about everybody we were talking to are high school students, so it's the next generation as opposed to the one that's currently in power and currently striving for change.